0: same time
1: (laughs) oh i did a really loud sniff yes good to know i'm gonna beat you i don't think anyone would mind hearing me sniff
0: everyone loves your sniffs
1: oh my gosh anyway
0: so we're following up uh week two part two of our question and answer series we got a whole lot of questions from you beautiful people so we didn't get to get through them all last week so we're gonna uh skim through a couple more and finish it off
1: I have no idea what they are. No. I mean I know what two are, but we're those are different.
0: <laughs> uh we had good feedback. Uh several people mentioned that they enjoyed the episode, the questions and you know, just seeing what's going forward from here. So good feedback and hopefully same thing this week.
1: I don't know. I didn't get very much feedback.
0: No. Well, not not a, all the people.
1: Not a lot from my my private
0: sect your constituents
1: my constituents <laughs> did not give me a whole lot of information I get on it. <clears throat> except for one friend did reach out and say that she liked the analogy of explain it like you're five mm-hmm. because she had read somewhere that unless you can explain whatever you're doing to a child you don't really know what you're doing don't
0: actually know it yep
1: so that's interesting because i still don't feel like i know what i'm doing but i feel like I understand what other people are telling me better now. Like, whenever mm-hmm. I read up on different topics, I feel like I understand them a little bit more. That's good. A little bit. It's still a lot. I'm working on it. You're doing great. Never going to
0: be finished. No. Um, so, one of the questions was, uh, as a pagan, what's your favorite holiday now? Oh. Since now we don't really subscribe to See, Christmas itself.
1: I still feel like Yuletide season is my favorite. Samhain and Yuletide, which have always been my favorite, even when it was Halloween and Christmas to me, mm-hmm. um, have always been my favorites. But I definitely still feel like the air, I feel the air shift more then. And I like, you know, that the weather is changing and everything feels new and shifted. But... As a pagan, I look forward to Imbolc and Ostara and like mm-hmm. I just I like that we always have something to look forward to because you know even with Imbolc coming up I was like, "Oh my goodness, you know, it's been a really overwhelming month. It's been a really rough couple of days for me personally." And then we have family wedding coming up, which I'm super excited about, but you know, I leave from work to go travel for 4 days to come back and go right back to work, so I'm kind of dreading the level of exhaustion that I'm going to have, but you know, almost immediately starts the new month. And I feel like I get a fresh start and something different to look forward to. So I think that being pagan and following the wheel of the year gives you more little bright spots in your calendar.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've always been a fan of Christmas and you know, the new year as well as Halloween and of course, we have lots of holidays sprinkled in between, but I don't know. As I got older, you know, the kids are getting older. Hall- uh, Halloween and Christmas are still fun, but it's not as kid oriented as it used to be, you know. And being pagan and celebrating things a little bit differently, I don't know. To, to me, it the holidays are almost more enjoyable to look forward to. Yeah, they're more meaningful to me. The things that we do, the way we do them, um, the rituals we do, and I almost feel like as our quote unquote coven or circle of witchy friends or witchy leaning friends, as it continues to grow, I look forward to the holidays because it gives us just an excuse to have a bunch of people over to just hang out and do witchy things. Yeah. So to me, it actually has almost become more fun as we get deeper and deeper into this as we... Well,
1: definitely. It just gives you more reasons to celebrate everything. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to wait for special occasions. You just get to where, if I've bought new shiny candles or an incense no one smell. we might as well have a party, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, it's one of those that most people in the metaphysical community, especially the witchy pagan side of things, they are familiar with the holidays and what transpires and what they mean. And so they're excited to hang out with us as well. Yeah. So
1: We're all kind of learning and growing together, and it's been, it's been a fun last year. Full year,
0: mm-hmm. so to me, I'd say Yule is still a good one. You know, yeah, it's special. It is,
1: but the summer ones are fun too. Like I just, I really enjoy all of them.
0: Yule, Samhain for me, of course. I mean, we had a episode on Samhain ourselves, and being who you actually want to be that one day of the year that you can dress up and act and behave and be the person you want to be all year round, but are afraid the to you feel like you are inside. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that is important as well as just that's when the veil starting to come through and you're able to do stuff and but then also coming around spring like you said in bulk ostara as things start to grow and come alive again yes
1: i'm and, looking forward because in bulk we because of the traveling that we'll be doing and the hellacious week i've had i'm not planning anything but the fact that I can sit around a fire and start planting my little seedlings and look at my, you know, currently dead and splintered beds and, <laughs> you know, decide what I'm going to plant where and what I'm going to do and what, you know, just start planning for new life, even though it's not here yet.
0: Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, Danny had another question. What is your favorite tradition that muggles don't know about? tradition Mm -hmm.
1: that muggles don't know about i don't really know um i feel like there's lots of things associated with witchcraft that people don't know about you know like candles incense any type of ritual things that we get to do daily that are special and pull us into you know our mystic space Mm -hmm. um different forms of meditation and spell work, all of those interesting, cool things that we get to do that so many people don't know about. But then I feel like over the last year or so, witchcraft has become a little more mainstream. Mm -hmm, So I feel like a lot of people, (laughs) I don't know. Um, I mean, I'll have people come up to me and ask me about things and I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So I feel like some of them, you know, people have just researched things and found them out and think that they're super common, that every witch practices them. And, you know, some of it, sure, and some of it we don't. A lot of it has to do with your family traditions and what works with your family, even if you're new to witchcraft. So it's just going to kind of depend on a lot of things. But I feel like, you know, even most muggles, especially muggles who would be listening to this type of podcast, probably know... um, about different rituals and traditions outside just because you know information is so readily available these days yeah um but i can't think of anything in particular that i do that no one would or could know about um again just our day-to-day practice is more my jam you know where i feel like a lot of my friends don't really know how to have a fresh start. You know, they get up in the morning, they read their Bible and they pray where I can, you know, I open my doors and windows and set my intentions and put a simmer pot on. And I have the power to change the attitude of myself and the energy in my home. And so I feel like there's lots of things that we do that, you know, maybe aren't mainstream that a lot of people would benefit from.
0: Yeah. i say we spend more time with fire or around fire. Um, than
1: than muggles, yes,
0: and then most normal people, yeah, I'd say because either there's candles lit in the house or know, the, the ovens on because of the simmer pot that you have, or you know we have incense going or fire pit going, the fire pit outside, yeah, I say we're
1: lighten it up in the pipe, you know, we just, that, I feel <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like fire element, water element, um, nature is a much bigger part of our life. I like to bring it inside, especially during the winter months um
0: i think the amount of your plants have and gardening has grown over the years too
1: yeah as my as i've gotten used to the way that i work again working long shifts like i do because when i first started it i do two days on three days off two days on and it just it was too hard to try to maintain life in my poor plants because you and the boys just don't speak the same languages. flowers (laughs) and plants and herbs, and it was just really frustrating, and then I would feel guilty because I, you know, tend to animate my plants and give them names and feelings and, you know... do. You have a name
0: for all your plants?
1: They're sad, and they need help, and look what you've done to them, and then I feel responsible to them, and so I, for a lot of years, I kind of backed off and kept everything really small. Well, now that I'm, you know, I don't know if it's just age or brazenness or confidence i don't know what it is but i've just decided to go ahead and go all out and um i've had pretty good success with it Hmm. but i mean i'm home a different schedule now too so i feel like i can take care of them better now and i've just made sure that i don't get things that are delicate they have to be able to withstand bear's touch Whenever he tries to help watering. me or when he forgets to turn my water, or my sprinkler on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they have to be able to withstand a little bit, a little bit of neglect <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of a heavy handed fist occasionally because, you know, he'll think, Oh, I didn't water it yesterday. So I better triple water it today. And it's like, no,
0: gotta make up for it. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, we had a vote for uh, bringing Aussie back. Uh, <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> They like his show, so oh, good. we will try to have him back on. Um, speaking of one of our, our other guests over this past year, uh, Rebecca from Caravello's Triple Moons Art mm-hmm. uh, and Caravello Creations, she is actually moving uh, across the country Yes, in this next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, so...
1: Way up north, northeast.
0: Yeah. They're going to start their journey up there and... Uh, you know, we're excited for them. They're good friends and as well as supporters of the podcast. So we're excited for their journey and, uh, you know, glad to be part of their life and excited to see what happens for them up there.
1: Sure. Fresh chart.
0: Yeah. So if you think about them, send them good vibes and uh, follow them on their journeys while they're up there. Um, we had another question. When are we going to do shrooms again or DMT? Oh, wait. <laughs> I a...
1: mean, pretty sure I know who that question was from. <laughs> um, mushrooms are an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, DMT is a little bit different, so I definitely that would be something I would do within the confines of ritual with intention for sure. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms, um, I feel a little less like they have to be, you know, ritual or with. Super intention. sometimes they can just be for fun and just to see what happens, but you know everything is what you make of it, and as soon as I have like a three day span to <laughs> handle all of Relax. the information, <laughs> yes, handle all of it, then um, I absolutely recommend it to everyone oh, yeah. um obviously careful, don't go in unprepared. Make sure you have drinks and snacks and hydration and you're in a safe place that you feel comfortable. Don't watch TV or call anyone on the phone. (laughs) Even listening to music. I mean, it just, it sounds like language doesn't make sense anymore. So yeah, you have, I mean, obviously be careful, but I definitely think that I'm super open to doing shrooms again, maybe in the spring, doing it in the summer outside is glorious. Oh yeah, outside. Yes, outside you know, the trees will talk to you and you see the earth breathe and mm-hmm. the grass is your friend and <laughs> Oh yeah. It's it's fun. But yeah you know, so definitely sometime. DMT I feel like is more for ceremony, especially for um past life regression or breaking down blocks and things like that. So I feel like that's a little bit more um for actual work, work. on yourself yeah. where mushrooms definitely are good for that. But they also just kind of open and broaden your mind and your perspective and make the world seem a little shinier for a while so i mean i'm always open to it good just clear me off some space where i don't have to be in charge of everybody for a minute
0: right i agree um both of those were both exciting and fun times and i would absolutely do both and i would encourage people like raven said with with a clear mind with a you know few minutes of peace and quiet before leading up to it and, is, and the follow-up so you can pick apart what just happened
1: yeah be practical make sure you give yourself you know plenty of nourishment and hydration and plenty of time to really rest and process don't do it the night before you have something important to do you know right make sure you have the next day to really think about what you've what you've experienced and it's a good time to use your journal too
0: a big job interview <laughs> night before would <what'd> you? Do?
1: <laughs> yeah Because it does take a while to come back down from it and just to, you know, really go over the experience that you've had.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have good reputable sources that we do these exercises with. Oh,
1: yeah, find a good facilitator. Yeah, Don't just do it on your own, especially the the first time. And even with mushrooms, you know, make sure that you have a friend with you, someone who, you know, you trust and feel safe with. Because, you know, you never know what you're going to get.
0: There are several people in the metaphysical community that do... Double or volunteer as trip sitters. You can mm-hmm. find them post about it. I know Daphne Moon's a big one. She advertises for it. She goes to a lot of um EDM house shows, like raves and stuff, and she sets up at those. So the there are people that but know, that's what they do. You know, that's, they, they are qualified. Yeah, keep to do you that, safe. Yeah. Give
1: you something to drink. Talk you off a ledge. Make sure you don't listen to or you know
0: all the fame. freak
1: yourself out yes, listening to music, hearing TV, even talking to people on the phone, trying to text, those types of things definitely don't do while <laughs> on Mushrooms or DMT because it's just, it's too much. Mm-hmm. People on TV become monsters and goblins and, you know, <laughs> you just—you just you just can't connect to the people that you're talking to and you're pretty sure everyone's an alien. Like it just, it can get pretty trippy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just... Be oh, careful yeah. and make sure you're with someone that, you know, you feel safe with and trust.
0: Good headspace, hydration, nutrition, <laughs> sleep are all good. And people being around feeling safe is also big. Yes. Um, but doing those, absolutely, I feel like they broadened and opened a lot of eyes and doors. And
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: It was just, you know, to me it's not, that stuff is not something that it makes your mind see or do. It's something I believe that your mind and body are capable of yeah they do we just don't see it for that small amount of time it gives you that ability that power to do that extra stuff
1: you see through the kaleidoscope lens instead of the one that we keep up to keep us from feeling like we're crazy you know
0: in this rat race yeah i think we talked about it you know when we came back from ireland seeing all those sites that you know would be a struggle for modern day people to put together some of those
1: As we've gone from a society that, you know, is just surviving, Mm -hmm. we and moved into a society that, you know, it's not okay just to survive. You have to thrive and you have to have all of these things. And we become so driven by capitalism and materialism. And we forget a lot of, you know, the magic of our day to day lives. And I feel like when you do things that broaden your mind and open your mind and you see your spiritual side, a lot of those you know, importance of those types of things fall away mm-hmm. and you see, it kind of just recenters you. It brings you back to your purpose oh, and you recognize yourself as a spiritual being. And it kind of helps pull you out of the, you know, quote unquote rat race, yeah. you know, and puts us back in the race that we're supposed to be on, you know, which is the journey to the end that we're all trying to get to.
0: It's a race.
1: It's an ace. <laughs>
0: Shiloh also asked, "They've noticed they've had a lot of aha experiences on their journey. Um, what was one of your biggest or one of your last aha moments for you?"
1: Hmm. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly having like ah moments. I don't know if it's an aha moment or more of a ah moment. <laughs> um, but I definitely feel like. When I first started working a few years ago with meditations and seeing my learning to see myself as a spiritual being versus, you know, this career driven mom, daughter, wife, all of these roles that I play Mm -hmm. um, and really looking at what I'm doing as my calling, what I'm here to do, my purpose. Um, those were like, ah, moments for me. Like I figured out what it is I'm supposed to do. I just have to figure out how to do it better, more effectively, reach more people, um, train more people to do things the way that I do was a big, like, ah, you know, realizing that I'm not supposed to just keep all of my secrets to myself, you know, Mm -hmm. teach other people because of, you know, as I've talked more about my work, I've had, you know, people come out of the woodwork at me that are, you know, interested in it. And death is still such a taboo topic, but I'm getting more and more people who are, you know, seeing that our ultimate end is to have a good death. Everyone wants to die well. We all want to, you know, have the perfect, easy life. Finances aren't an issue. Family isn't an Mm -hmm. issue. Children are successful eat a piece of cake and go to sleep and don't wake up. And so few people actually get that type of end because we're constantly spinning and working and we don't invest in our health and in our, you know, mental and emotional, much less physical health. So, you know, working on preparing myself even for, you know, my final Years and looking at my children as what do I want them to have accomplished by now has been, you know, I've had several impact moments. Moments where I was like, that's what I need to do and I need to stop focusing on other things. So, I mean, I kind of feel like I get little ones all the time.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I think that probably my last big one was when I learned how to um demand for myself pull my clients choose them and choose well for myself and not just give myself to anyone who needed me you know because lots of people need lots of things it doesn't make them the best candidate for it Mm -hmm. you know lots of people need kidneys but the guy who's you know out drinking every week doesn't deserve a kidney you know what i mean like I want to be where I'm going to do the most impact and finding out that I don't have to just take what comes. I can actually, you know, demand better for myself and demand to do my best. Good was kind of like, a ah, that's amazing. You know, Mm -hmm. thinking about it in other terms.
0: Nice. I think for me, I'm trying to think of the latest, but I remember one of the first big aha moments was as I'm learning tarot, you know, going through this, all of, You know, you grow up in Darrow's evil, oh my goodness, and then as you start to learn all the things that come alive when you're learning this process, this divination tool, and how many different things it means, and how wide it's spread, and the fact that these 78 cards can point to people, as well as timelines, as well as, you know, just everything. You know, I've used them to help somebody find a pair of keys, um, you know, used it for missing locations on things uh anything from financial decisions heck i've used them to pick a couple ufc fights <laughs> that was fun mm-hmm. and the fact that it's it's such a massive thing and then from that as you get deeper and deeper and i know a lot of people that are i guess true tarot readers and the fact that truest and the fact that you know tarot itself by the art doesn't need numerology doesn't need astrology doesn't need you know x y and z on top of it sure Uh, but for me a huge aha moment was seeing how they were so intrinsically linked in my mind anyway seeing how you know certain cards related to certain aspects of numerology like the four of wands to me that card is a wedding party type atmosphere and then it being a four in numerology four is about stability and the way the card is it's usually the four wands are in a square like a house and so a lot of times sometimes it's come up in a reading where I talk about the stability of a relationship that shows up in that because links into the number four in numerology you know when certain major arcana come up and they're linked to different aspects aspects of the zodiac and how those tie in. Sometimes it's come up that this person is this card and this card. You know, Leo so relates the to connection
1: has been ah moments yeah. for you. Yeah, just seeing palmistry is kind of the same way because everything's connected to numbers and planets and mm-hmm. so yeah, seeing how everything intersects and works together for me. Well, yeah, that was pretty profound, but. it hasn't been recent so I didn't I don't think about it but yeah the learning process of how everything works together in all of these different systems in you because you were raised that they're not scientific and they don't matter well here's the thing you know science doesn't really study a lot of those things because we're too busy trying to you know Cure diseases and figure out other inane things. So, I'm sure if science ever sat down with someone's entire natal chart versus just their sun chart, et cetera, and, you know, really got down to basics with people, they would see the connection versus, you know, oh, obviously this per, you know, astrology isn't real because my sun sign says I'm like this and I'm not like that at all. And it's like, yeah, well, your sun again. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, when you don't take your whole chart into consideration or everything. That has to do with it. But when you do, that's when you get your, ah. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. You know, that's who I am. I know who I am. It knew who I was.
0: I would say for me, some of the most recent aha moments are going deeper and deeper into astrology and doing charts for people and seeing how all that, you know, literally puts on the table the way they would act in a certain situation or the reason they act this way or the logic behind this choice. So for me, it was definitely a lot of you know, le- lately anyway, digging into astrology like I have been. So that was a big, some big moments for me. Another question was, what are some of your best moments related to the podcast? Uh,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I only have bloopers and goofs. <laughs> My biggest uh, moment was definitely seeing Bridget incorrectly, repeatedly, <laughs> and then listening back to it again was equally painful. Um, yeah, I don't feel like I, I don't ever re-listen and think, oh, that was a success. I'm always like, dang it, that date was wrong, or oh, I confused these two facts, or, you know, because again, part of my charm is flying by the seat of my pants and just talking like I would talk to you as if you were sitting at my kitchen table. I don't come up here with notes and check my facts and for the most part, I do pretty okay, but there are times when I listen back where I'm like, that's not, that didn't come out at all like I was trying to, you know, <laughs> but I don't have a lot of super proud moments <laughs> on the <laughs> podcast. For some reason, people don't seem to mind it, and I don't know why, but I get on my nerves. They love I love it. I frustrate me when I misspeak and i feel like yeah my communication sometimes is not as clear as i intend it to be but so that's how i feel about podcasting <laughs> <laughs>
0: um i think some of my biggest moments were getting the first episode up because it was you know i i know you we
1: edited for like 19 hours it was oh, insane
0: yeah. i mean you look at us now we look like a professional podcasting couple up here some days
1: i was gonna say i don't feel like it today
0: but <laughs> but in the beginning it was it's definitely easier it was a lot harder and i apologize if you are new and you're going back to the first few episodes just you know other than oh, they're cringy <laughs> other than learning about our background you know the the recording didn't sound as good we weren't quite on top of it like you know we've improved i'll say that so i'd love to go back and re-record those sometime make oh, a moment. She clearer at least maybe
1: just wipe the whole mm-hmm. bridget episode no
0: people loved it <laughs> it's so even though you you got the name
1: over and over and over it's uh-huh. just i can't stand it it's
0: but that okay. was it. that was a fun moment
1: yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it i really it really is not fun for me at all it's genuinely <laughs> painful And I can't stand it. And I suffer from a little bit of an imposter syndrome anyway, because I'm like, who, I mean, I say it all the time, but I genuinely mean it. Like, who the heck am I to tell anyone anything? Like, why would anyone listen to me talk? I'm a crazy person. I, you know, manage my small world well most of the time, but not even all the time, you know? Um, I do read a lot. I have lots of information. I have so many different schools of thought and I can be pretty easily convinced with substantial evidence of almost anything. Like I'm willing to accept anything with evidence and proof. Um, even if the evidence and proof is, you know, someone who I trust telling me, you know, that this is their experience. So I do feel like a lot of the time, I have no business telling anyone anything. No one should listen to me cuz I'm nuts and I don't know anything. So yeah, I still I still definitely struggle with podcasting hmm. and putting my thoughts out there for people to pick through, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. It definitely is exposing a little bit. Um to me the accomplishment because it took months and months of organizing, getting things together, getting equipment, getting
1: You say that. I didn't – I wasn't prepared. It took me like from the walking upstairs to figure out everything. (laughs) I didn't prepare for months and months.
0: You didn't have to. I had everything handled. and But, yeah, the process of getting it all together was tedious. You know, it took – and it took me months to get the tenacity to even, okay, here's the day. We're going to do it and Mm. get it all put together. So, it it was a baby that took a while to take birth. (laughs) Finally did, you know. And then we started getting out there and stay on track. And but some of the biggest moments for me, you know, being up here in the room, going through these topics, you know, again do this with you has been great. Uh, seeing the reactions to people, talking to people about it in the Facebook group, you know, talking to people in real life about the show and about topics and about all this has been great. But for me, one of the biggest things was was randomly sitting at a table and a listener who had no idea who I was, nor did I know who she was. Uh, we start talking about podcasts and she says, I listen to, which oh, is yeah, unknown. She was,
1: you were doing her reading. I was
0: doing a reading for her. She shows up, randomly sits at my table, doesn't put two and two together.
1: Yeah. That was impressive. That was exciting. Yeah. I do wish that we knew who she was still. We still I don't have a clue. Haven't seen her again. Yeah. Yeah. She's not in the Facebook group. I don't think, but, you know, apparently she still listens. If you yeah. listen, look us up on Facebook and tell us who you are.
0: Right, show up. It was me.
1: I know, cause that's yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, so meeting people out in public that I don't know personally or haven't, you know, a lot of uh, other showrunners or vendors or friends listen, and of course, and but yeah, when you run into a random person, middle of nowhere or in something that, you know, they say, hey, I listen to this podcast. I'm like. That's me. It's yeah, you know, exciting. That was really... That I mean, it's exciting for some
1: people. For me, it's stressful because I'm like, oh, great. They're going to hear every dumb thing I've ever said, <laughs> but it's fine.
0: <laughs> I own it. I say dumb things. I do yeah, dumb I things. It's you fine. You just
1: don't worry. It's fine. Different strokes, different folks.
0: Uh, another one was, do you feel, as a witch, you understand people and or animals better?
1: Oh, definitely. 127%. Mm-hmm. Animals, I understand them because, yeah, they're... You know, they're Talk animals. I f- My relationship to humans has definitely changed. I still tend to be more introverted than I like to be. Um, I know introversion tends to come from a place of dysfunction. You know, that constant need to preserve your own energy and not branch out because you just you can't... You don't want to deal with people. That's mm-hmm. 90% of what it is, and that's kind of a dick move. You know, it's not very nice to just be like, you're not worth my energy. Um, so it's been good for me, um, letting people know more, being more open with my friends and family about what I do and why I do it has broken down a lot of that. You know, I have regular gatherings. I have about 30 people that I talk to daily, um, that I give, (laughs) you know, advice and share jokes with and, you know, A few friends that, you know, I reach out to when I'm struggling. So I feel like it's definitely helped me balance pull from all of my elements and keep myself more emotionally charged so that I'm not giving away so much with every interaction. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely learned not to take on other people's um, (laughs) issues. Yes. I, you know, finding out that I was a toxic empath really helped me let go of a lot of stress and things that held me back and down. And I don't think I would have figured that out as quickly or been able to release it the same way or as quickly or effectively if it were not for witchcraft. If I was still of the Christian persuasion or of an atheist persuasion or, you know, just muddling through on my own, I'd still be, you know, believing the old adage of, you know, I just take care of everyone else. I don't have time for myself. And it, that's just a bunch of crap that we, you know, we teach ourselves and it's, we tend to focus on other people's sadness and problems because it keeps us from having to focus on our own issues and things that we need to be working on. Mm -hmm. Um, And we take it on to the point that other people's problems are what we focus on. And most of our day is making other people's lives easier And not necessarily for, you know, the reward and the thank you and not even just for the, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do nice things for people or have a day where, you know, you just go spread a little love to people. I'm talking about what I used to do was very, very over-involved, codependent, putting too much of myself that I didn't have to give into things that I shouldn't have been messing with. And I did it for reasons that weren't good for me and wasn't good for the people that I was helping, you know, or thinking I was helping. Mm-hmm. So learning how to protect and preserve my energy, learning to set up proper boundaries, all of those things I feel like 100% witchcraft teaches, spiritualism teach teaches those things, and mainstream Christianity, all of, you know, our normal human resources that we go to for self-help definitely do not... Um, teach us how to preserve energy and how to project positive energy. You know, we're, we're taught to, you know, either screw people, let them handle it themselves, or we're taught to, you know, overcompensate. We're not taught how to balance those things very well. And I feel like witchcraft is all about balance.
0: Finding that center.
1: Yes. Finding your center, staying connected, Preserving your energy, staying focused on your journey and what you're supposed to be doing. And yes, obviously help the people that, you know, need help when you're able to, but not to let it go too far, Mm -hmm. not to coddle and take on responsibility that isn't your own.
0: Yeah. Once you said that, I was going to ask if you'd explain what toxic empathy is and you did. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Some people might not know.
1: Yeah, no, I was definitely a toxic empath. Um, That's why I tend to introvert. And I feel like a lot of introverts suffer from the same thing and you get to where you're just so exhausted and it's almost triggering to be around people because you know what's going to happen. You know you're going to end up feeling completely depleted. If you stop doing all the things all the time for all the people Mm -hmm. and, you know, sure, let them complain and be like, super sorry, I'll send you all the good vibes that I have to spare, but, you know, the rest of them are for me because I'm struggling too, you know. And you know you can sit in the same boat with someone without rowing for them you know yeah. they need to they need to pull their own weight and do their own thing and you know if their arms broken help them out if it's not they just need to <laughs> and there comes a time where you have to just throw some people overboard too you know like oh you're nice and juicy you're next you know <laughs> like you just yeah learning when to give and when to hold space and when to just eliminate Sponges and energy vampires from your life makes yeah. a huge difference. And I feel like it surprises people when they find out that I'm, my
0: nature is introversion. i say so, yeah, I feel like you've come more extroverted, less introverted at least, over the last few years. Um, yes. You know, with the gatherings, with being at shows and me dragging you around <laughs> to a lot of places, kicking and screaming sometimes. <laughs> I <laughs> kick
1: and scream less.
0: True true so for me does it help me understand people and animals better absolutely
1: oh 127 percent. i feel like you're a much nicer person for
0: sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes you're, you're probably right um i'm definitely right with animals definitely especially going through reiki you're able to help a lot of creatures or people you feel the needs that they have and you have an ability to help assist them in ways that not everyone can. And so seeing people going through situations like that, feeling the mood shift, being an empath myself, you know, you're able to tell when someone's having a good day versus a bad day or, you know, struggling with something they're just not telling you about. And they may have a smile on your face, but you can feel them hitting the you know rock bottom in their soul. And you're like, it's just a facade. It's a mask. And I feel like definitely being centered yourself, being in tune with a lot of those um, emotional. I feel like pulls we're kind of to- opposite.
1: Like I feel like your coming into your own source and form of witchcraft made you a kinder person, and it made me a little bit more, um, a little bit harder not in a bad way. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it's it it firmed me up and made me quit being a doormat and giving too much and it made you soften a little bit and be a little bit more welcoming.
0: More in tune with my emotions. Still For working sure. on, but yeah. Dealing with people kinder um
1: not being repulsed by your emotions has definitely been a yeah. thing because again, when you're raised by a very, you know,
0: anti-emotional person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Well, We'll call it that. Um, well, when and you're just, you're raised by the type of people that's, you know, very stereotypical of Bible Belt, our generation, our particular state that we live in. For masculine
0: military men. Yes. And, you know, I still struggle with dealing Weakness with... Weaknesses for women and children. Right. I still struggle with dealing with my emotions less than I used to. Um, you know, I... Yes,
1: and realizing that not all emotions are just anger.
0: True. I still have a lot of anger. I still want to get back on the wrestling match, seeing the kid wrestle like he does, getting a chance to help you know him and coach some of the kids, and
1: yeah, I'm watching some little punk bite him like this is why mom doesn't go to wrestling matches exactly because what I what guarantee I I... Damn to you <laughs> the teeth that he ripped out of that kid would be in a jar in my yard or around <laughs> his neck, like I can't even like I can't sit there and watch someone try to pull my child's head off and just sit there.
0: He had a wrestling tournament this weekend. I fortunately I was able to and corner some of the kids, him. and he was in the championship match. He ended up in he ended up getting second. Um, yeah,
1: because they let the kid that bit him keep the medal because they just called the match because there was blood and he was in the lead. And even though the kid kicked over a chair, took his stirrups down, and refused to shake my boy's hand that was bleeding, mm-hmm. they still let him walk home with the medal. Like I could just absolutely spin someone's head around backwards. That's why I wasn't there uh, and they didn't tell me till they got home.
0: Nope. <laughs> nope. I Did was on we- the pick the teeth stuff off the mat and showed the ref I was like these are teeth on the mat. He's like, "No, no they're not." I was like, "Go ahead and touch it." He's like, "Uh and then our kid comes over and shows where he was bleeding on his hand and I was like, "That's a bite mark." And he's like, "No, no it's not." And so yeah, it became. I would
1: have loved to have a little twelve-year-old ref tell me that that's not a bite mark. I would yeah. have bit him and shown him what a bite mark looks like. Like,
0: and then you would have been thrown out as well. I, oh yeah,
1: disqualify <laughs> me, really scare me again. I'm just, oof, I don't go to wrestling matches.
0: But yeah, and that's what I when I was talking to the head coach afterwards. Like, this is why mom doesn't go to wrestling matches because this is how she would have reacted. Yep. <laughs> um. So yes, I agree. Getting to. The point with people and with animals, I feel like being in tune with yourself and your emotions definitely helps. You know, in that and that's a very
1: witchy thing. I mean, not a lot of people associate that with witchcraft; they just view it as new age or spiritual. Mm -hmm. But that's you know, for me, that's what witchcraft is. It's all about nature and the cyclical nature of our bodies, following the cyclical nature of our planet, Mm -hmm. and again, seeing yourself outside of this shell that we're inhabiting and seeing yourself as a spiritual universal being. This meat suit. Yes, this little meat sack. And, you know, and using things that are given to us, you know, with your herbs and your crystals and fire and all of these things that connect us to our very basic primal self and getting a little bit less distracted by the materialism and the capitalism and the rat race that we're all in. And sure, we all have to work. We all have to feed our children. But making sure that that's not the entire focus of our existence, making mm-hmm. sure that we're also living as well as surviving.
0: And like you said, I feel like it's made you more, a little more extrovert, less introverted. It's made me a little less extroverted. Yes. Like now I you're more, you're
1: more choosy <laughs> as to who you give your energy to. And I'm more open mm-hmm. at, as to where I just, dis- my energy. But again, it's because I'm no longer doing it in a toxic way. Mm-hmm. I'm reining a big portion of that side of myself in.
0: Yeah. So one of the last questions I have was Um, what do you call a boy witch? Is it a warlock? And why don't we see more men in witchcraft?
1: Um, no, warlocks are different. I don't mm-hmm. remember the exact Um, definition for a warlock and it'll make me cringe if I just try to make it up (laughs) off of the fly but a warlock is different a witch is a witch whether you've got a dicker or not Um, and I feel like less men are witches because it want you know it's viewed as very feminine it's typically about you know. Oh, they're married to Satan, or they're Satan's brides, you know. And again, it's a generational thing, and it depends on what you grew up hearing about witches. I tend to see more... If I see a male witch, he is nine times out of ten homosexual, Mm -hmm. very open and free and in touch with his feminine side, and, you know, not inhibited by gender norms anyway. Mm -hmm. And I feel like... um, the reason that witchcraft calls to so many people who are homosexual, transgendered, you know, part of the LGBTQ community is because they already feel different. And they already they feel out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so they already feel like they're outside of mainstream um uh what is considered socially acceptable, you mm-hmm. know. So they might as well just take one further step. And the meta community, that's their jam. You know, when you again You're not, you're not bound by social structures and man-made rules anymore. Mm -hmm. And all of these rules that we follow are definitely man-made social constructs. Um, Everybody in my mind should be gender fluid, pansexual, do, you know, go where the spirit leads, you know, do whatever makes you happy and whoever you feel like, no one can tell you what gender you are. You know, you know that better than I do so i feel like finding a straight white witch male witch is very very rare but
0: i would consider myself the minority <laughs>
1: yes you're very much the minority but i think it's it really is just because so many men view it as weak and feminine and you know let them just be wrong
0: mhm and as for myself i call myself a witch not a warlock the definition for warlock is a male witch um i did google it and but a lot of times when you go into lore and everything, warlock tends to have kind of a negative or darker connotation, um, especially as opposed to a wizard. A wizard usually is of the light. A warlock would be of the dark. And, of course, we eschew things of the dark. But Yeah,
1: usually to do evil.
0: Yeah. Warlock, the term itself, is usually a connotation of a darker male figure. But to me, you know, I'm fine with witch. And most people that are in the community would as a male call themselves a witch as whale as well not whale as a whale I'm a whale a witch as well. And as to why we don't see more males, I would agree that it it is a predominantly female um or uh feminine I say industry, not industry, but when you go to these shows, you know, um, when you have readers, you know, most of the times when Hollywood puts on a a tarot reader on the screen. It's an elderly woman. Of course, you know, she has a, she's missing some teeth or has a but witch
1: doctors are typically male.
0: Yeah. But I feel like it's because like Raven said, they, you have to be more in touch with your, with your emotions. You have to be more susceptible to dealing with people all over the spectrum. You know, it is not a place where a hard ass goes to (laughs) do their wares or, you know, apply their trade. You know, you have to be a sensitive person to be able to sit at a table and they start, you know, explaining their life situation, how their life is hard and, you know, or how their relationship is hard or how, you know, the job is hard, whatever the case is and they're asking for help. And it can't be someone that is just so walled up From people to be able to sit there and explain that to them and be able to sit there and talk them through that. But yeah, it it does tend to have more of a feminine...
1: Well, yeah, because men aren't taught to be sympathetic. You're taught to don't whine about your problems, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, rub a little dirt in it, it, Mm -hmm. where people who come to witches typically want a little advice, a little sympathy and compassion and a little bit of guidance. And most, again, not always and not all, but typically... You know, straight white males tend to not be
0: the most caring <laughs> those
1: type of people. Yeah. Like you you know, they have compassion for their own particular wife and family sometimes, but not even all the time there. Um so again, it's just it has to do a lot with cultural mm-hmm. stigmas.
0: And especially here in the Bible Belt. I mean, as terrible as it is, we were raised to be Racist and slightly homophobic, you know.
1: Not just slightly. You know, we were raised to be terrible people.
0: Yeah. In the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, you can minister Absolutely. to them. You can pick them out of their poverty-ridden yes, houses, but again, put them on the bus, them, bring them to the church. You know. But it, they are not on the same level as you. No. Yeah. At all. It,
1: they were lesser than. Yeah. And, yeah, they were a them and we were a us, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's super toxic and wicked and looking back, you just... Uh, It's it's very disappointing and frustrating that people that we know and love still feel those ways, you know?
0: And there was, you know, when you're in that atmosphere, when you're surrounded by that all the time, that's all you know. Mm -hmm. Was it wrong? Absolutely. Have we moved past that? Absolutely. Yeah, you
1: learn. And that's one thing, you know, in my work, I run into a lot of time, you know, the racist, homophobic, older people. are like, well, that's just how they were raised. I'm like, I don't, I hate that. They also lived through... The 60s and the 70s and the free love and the, you know, the breakdowns of the social confines and when they undid segregation and all of these things. They lived through all of that. They lived through Martin Luther King and his murder and all of these things. And they Mm -hmm. decided
0: to to stay
1: on the wrong side. They decided to continue to make the hateful wrong choice. So I don't, I mean, I don't feel sorry for that. I don't listen to that. They just didn't know any better. They just, they chose not to grow. Where we were raised to be people that we chose not to become. And I feel like with our journey and with our witchcraft even further, um, not just accept, but love and embrace both of those, um, you know, different races, different viewpoints, different people who love differently and feel differently and think differently. Like you should surround yourself with all kinds of people. Right. You learn a lot more.
0: And, you know, growing up that way, it was separating yourself from all that. And and kids these days, you know, the generation or two behind us grew up in more of a friendly atmosphere towards people of color, to the LGBTQ, you know, to people that are on the spectrum. You know, we were raised that that was all weakness and that was beneath you and you can't, you know, yeah. you know. It At the just, very
1: least they're giving into a sinful nature or born into a sinful nature. Right.
0: When you're told that them choosing to be this way is a sin, you're like, Oh well, okay. But as you get older and you realize it, you're like, no, that's all of those teachings, no, we're we're no. leaving that far, far behind. <laughs> that's not
1: how any of this works. Like no. that commercial. Like we were again, you were just fooled. You know, when it comes to science and nature studies and universal studies and then just looking around at the people standing next to you. We were taught so many things that just weren't right and unlearning them was a challenge. And then relearning something new was a challenge. So, I mean, those I feel like would probably have been our aha moments, but those came so long ago, I don't even think about them anymore. Yeah,
0: I feel like now with the state that we're in. Oh yeah. Thinking about how I thought as a teenager. That was terrible. I just can't, I can't even... You know, you look back at the people we were, and we were "quote unquote" good people. But <laughs> I feel like but, yeah. now we are better people.
1: by the standards of you know assholes and jerks. Yeah. You know,
0: old white Christian men. We yeah, would have thought that we were great, and we were. But we, we were. were
1: terrible humans, and n- I feel not like not doing now, a good service
0: at our age and where we're at. I feel like we're better humans today. Absolutely. You know. No, I agree. Our outreach, our love, and our spectrum of people that we have and keep around us are miles beyond what we were Yes, where we and we're, we're the then.
1: better for that as well.
0: Yeah. You see the other side of the fence and you realize that we know, I understand we know. where you came from, but it's not okay to still be that way.
1: Yeah, we know nothing.
0: Yeah. I had one other person reach out to me, Kristen mentioned that and when i told you about it i know you got really excited <gasps> yes uh,
1: this is a topic we'll talk about this next time on another time
0: absolutely because i
1: need a, I need a minute right
0: this is going to be a big one but uh kristen reached out to us and she said that she's had some theories on deja vu some experiences and want to know what our what
1: ideas of yeah, deja vu were
0: what that meant to us and you know if it was Alternate life, alternate atmosphere. Don't
1: even start <laughs> hypothesizing. I have a million things to talk about about that next week. Don't yep. even give anything away.
0: So, déjà vu was a topic that was brought up to us. Like I said, we asked for questions, topics, suggestions, and she asked that about déjà vu.
1: That's why yeah. in the Facebook group, I post, I asked everyone because again, I have I have plans. Don't ask any more questions.
0: <laughs> so I'm excited about that. It's something I have experienced many, many times myself, and so yeah. I'm excited to delve into that one with you. Uh, you had a couple people reach out to you about suggestions as well.
1: Um, yeah, Leslie wanted to know more about charts. Um, she needed natal a, charts. Natal charts, yes. Mm-hmm. She needed a better explanation as to. Um, how our chart defines us. And then we had someone ask about how to set up an altar and those types of things, which again, that's
0: all things that, you know, we, they're
1: so great. And I don't even think again, I'm, that's why I'm glad we asked and people actually answered because I, we haven't covered altars and I don't even know how we didn't do that because I, I, I mean, that's just, it's part of our life.
0: <laughs> it, it's one of those things, like, it's just in the back of my mind, like... I know, yeah, I was how you do it. I okay. was
1: super tempted to just take a picture and post it on mm-hmm. the Facebook, because I was like, this is what an altar is, and this is why I set mine up this way, and you can do yours the way you want, but yeah. we'll talk about those a different time. Yeah, But so, yeah, deja vu, I'll talk about that next week.
0: Absolutely. So many schools of thought, mm-hmm.
1: and so many, you know, suppositions and... She's already been researching. And... You can tell. Well, I, I mean, it's not an it's not an unfamiliar topic with me because of my personal experience. I've it's something I've always kind of looked into, but mm-hmm. I'm branching out even further and deeper now.
0: Good, and I'll work on explaining more because, as far as astrology, we've gone over some of the signs and uh, what some of them mean, and people that we recognize represent those, and tarot cards that you know, identify as those as well, but we haven't ever talked about, you know, when one is splayed out Yeah, right just in front map of you. out a chart. Yeah. yeah. What does it mean? How do you get there? So yeah, that's definitely something I'll start integrating in, you know, during this next year as we go through some of this stuff. And the other one was you said altars. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: And we'll talk about those
0: and we'll get, you know, pictures. Tune from people. in next
1: week for oh yeah i'll yeah don't be all giving away everything giving away nothing no you're gonna make me talk more and i want to (laughs) leave i want to go do something else now
0: like go to sleep um
1: this is way too long as it is
0: (laughs) as long as usual
1: yeah let's go
0: Um, i'm done so guys thanks again for all the questions and all the suggestions and uh again we're still open to plenty of questions yeah
1: let us know because again Altars, deja vu. Those things. I'm like, dude, I didn't even think about those right? things. And they're huge. And they're, yeah. Don't even get me started if anybody. I was worried somebody was going to ask about dream interpretation. I was like, dude, I'd need That's like a whole weeks. series.
0: Oh, yeah. And you probably could do a start a dream series. I know. People would love that. It would be crazy. Um, I think one of the other questions was, you know, how do you pick your topics? Somebody asked. You know, it's kind of we just talk about things during the week or something that comes up in conversation.
1: I don't usually pick until like right before. And then I'm like, usually it's something I've been reading about. That's when I hit on it or something that I've been talking to somebody about. That's mm-hmm. I talk about something that's in the forefront of my mind. I don't yeah, research or look into things. through the week. You're like, Oh, or a, a holiday that's coming up, you know, mm-hmm. and somebody has been like, you know, Oh, for Yule, what spices should I use? I want to make a simmer pot. What should I put in it? You know, those types of things. So, yeah.
0: So guys, thanks for the support this last year and thanks for the questions. And for the topics. And if there's any of the topics you want to hear about. Drop us a line. Choose a text. Email. You know how to get a hold of us. Which is unknown at. Gmail. Facebook. Instagram. Or. The Black Bear of Tarot. At. Gmail. Facebook. Instagram. Reach out to us guys. Thanks for. You know. This past year. And all the fun we've had. And all the bloopers. And you know.
1: Hey now. <laughs> Looking at me for the bloopers.
0: Sheesh. Getting out. And getting to know the community a little more and helping kind of build the foundation of, you know, that friend circle coven that we were joking about. But other than that, that's all I have for this week. Yep. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.